the spring and summer potlucks and picnics at Ebenezer Presbyterian Church in Greensburg, Kentucky, are quite an experience. I know because I've been there, but I was simply a guest at their table. I didn't know them too well, but my wife, Emma, did. She was their pastor. It is also the church where my daughter, Naomi, was baptized. This church made a commitment on behalf of the entire church to support her as she grows up in her life of faith, just as you did this morning for Lonnie, for Apollonia. And each year, on the anniversary of Naomi's baptism, my wife and I tell our daughter about her baptism, who the people were at the church, where it was, about our friend Mamie, the pastor who presided at her baptism. And we tell stories about Ebenezer Presbyterian Church. But my favorite stories are about the potlucks and the picnics. And actually one in particular, the first one we ever went to. Emma had just been called to be their pastor And we arrived early to help set up, and arriving was always an experience because the church was in a cow field, literally. It was surrounded by farms. This is not a small town church, this is a farm church. And as we arrived, we saw a flatbed trailer in the front yard. This was no small trailer. It was designed to pull farm equipment, like putting two tractors up on the trailer. might be about 50 feet long, about 10 feet wide. We're talking big. A church member pulled it into the yard from his farm with his tractor and left it there. And so walking up, we saw church members who were spreading tablecloths over this really large trailer as though it were a table. And then church members began carrying food out to set on it. And as people arrived, they began to make the smorgasbord grow larger and larger until it was monumental. And it was good. I remember this experience so vividly, and I love to tell about it because it is a story about a church that gives witness to God in a way that says something about both who God is, but also about who they are as a church. The faith that this church lived was about abundance. It was about communion and connection and overwhelming love. But they didn't just tell this story. They didn't just use words. They lived the story that they told. And I can tell you about their potlucks. And that's a pretty incredible sign of how they lived it. And as I tell it, I imagine that you can can see it a bit in your own imagination. In this Ebenezer church, though, they embody the story that they tell. The church as in all churches, the church, universal, is called to tell a story. The church embodies a story, and this is what it means to be witnesses to God's story in Jesus Christ. 
which is, of course, the story that we tell on Easter Sunday. And we use much more to tell this story than words. If you were here last week, there were trumpets that proclaimed Christ's presence with fanfare. I think our congregation even sang a little bit louder. I think our faces were were brighter. We were telling the story about the resurrection and the life, about the grace and the love, the mercy and the justice, the communion and the community. And Easter is really the heart of the church and the church's faith. One person said to me as they were leaving, I wish we could do this every Sunday. And I agree. And we can. And really, we do. In the company of theologians, one could and would accurately say that every Sunday is a little Easter. And while there is Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, last Sunday, Easter is really a whole season, like Lent or Advent, and it goes all the way until Pentecost, which this year is the third Sunday of May. That is to say that the season is 50 days. And even with all the beauty and all the drama of the feast days, churches still use phrases like, I wish on occasion. It reminds me how the church, after all the fanfare, can get a little down on itself about changes that are happening in the wider world regarding church and culture. The church in Europe and in North America has been in the news in recent years more than anything else for its decline in membership, secularism, the so-called nuns and duns in no religion or I'm done with religion. And for people who are about my age, though, that is to say anyone around 40 years of age or younger, we've never known anything, any church really, except one that is described like this as they say, declining, mainline, old line, whatever one may call it. And all the talk about church growth and frustration with change and stories that begin with, I remember when, suggests that we should do something different. And maybe we should. The story is the same, but we can give witness to it in so many different ways. But all this talk that goes on in the world about church makes me want to get some perspective. You know, get back to basics. Ask some fundamental questions about what church is really all about. And one might ask, well, why bother with this kind of conversation? Why go to the trouble of church? Why go to church on Sunday mornings instead of staying at home with coffee in the New York Times, or going to yoga, or a run, or to the beach, or golf, or name your amazing great alternative? Well, good question. My answer is this, because I have seen the church alive in Christ. 
I have seen the church alive in our cities and our communities. And here at Jefferson Avenue Presbyterian Church, I've seen this church alive in Christ and alive in the city through music, by eating together, by caring for one another, by caring about the needs of neighbors that we we hardly even know. There is a quality of being alive that, that churches both receive from and give through God, which is unlike anything else I have ever known. It's what keeps me coming back here every Sunday. So on Sundays until Pentecost, we, a particular church, we, a community, are going to step back and we're going to sit in the balcony, not literally, but I suppose you could, but we're going to sit in the balcony and we're going to ask some questions and make some consideration about what it means to be the church in the 21st century. Why do we do what we do? Why do we gather together? Why do we live the story that we do? What does it look like for us to embody this story? And I imagine that this conversation is going to keep going beyond Pentecost. At least I hope it will. But let's dedicate our Easter season to looking at why we are the church and what it means to be the church. Let's look at the places where we see Christ alive in in our lives and in the life of the world. The why, why the church is alive in Christ and the places that we want to see the church experience resurrection. And as we explore what it means to be the church, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know what you have experienced. What is your perspective? Where do you see God alive in the church? Give me a call. Send me an email. Let's go get coffee. I'm curious. I hope you are too. And the scripture text for today, I apologize, I've got a new microphone. I haven't quite figured out how to get it to stay on right. Supposedly it's so you can hear better, um, but I'm struggling with it. My apologies. The scripture text for today, Acts 1, is the beginning of the story that the Bible tells about people who were a part of the early church, the first church. And it is a story written by the same author as the Gospel of Luke. It is a story that is told to a person named Theophilus. And this name is really important. When you translate the meaning of the name in Greek, Theo meaning God and Philos meaning love, it means beloved of God. And so the story of the Acts of the Apostles is a story that is told to the beloved of God. That is to say, the people. The first church, these people gathered at the beginning of the story are told that the power of the Holy Spirit will come to them and they will be God's witnesses throughout Jerusalem, this city that they know, through Judea and Samaria, regions through which they have traveled, and they will be witnesses to the ends of the earth. They will be witnesses to God throughout the world to the ends of the earth. 
This story, as they know it, is only going to spread wider and wider among more and more people. The story might be larger than their imagination. The story, after all, might one day even be told in a city called Detroit so many centuries later. Now, repeatedly in the book of Acts of the Apostles, the church takes action in ways that share an experience of who God is. And repeatedly, when these stories are told, there's some phrase that indicates that what they do is done by God's Spirit. And it is because the church, when it is living its faith, is not acting alone. God is with them. God is with us. And working through these people who collectively are called the church. And so the church teaches and nurtures. They heal and support. They begin to grow a community of people that transcends nation and language and race. And the actions of this church are done as witnesses to a story of life and love and grace made known in God through Christ Jesus. The church, my friends, is called to tell a story. It is called to embody a story. It is a witness to the story of Christ. So what does the church embody, and how does it reflect the character and love and grace of Christ What aspect of God's life does the church give witness to? When we consider these kinds of questions, I I think we begin to live a little closer to why we are the church. The church I told you about at the beginning of the sermon, Ebenezer Presbyterian Church, has a very big table where they share dinner. It is a sign that God's ways are abundant and hospitable in the world. Millwood Presbyterian Church in Spokane, Washington, they have a kitchen ministry that teaches people how to eat healthy food and cook healthy meals. And they bear witness to communion in in Christ by gathering people into meaningful relationships around food. The story they tell remembers the role that meals and sharing a table played in Jesus' life and ministry. And each year, on the second Sunday of Advent, there's a church in Louisville, Kentucky, called Highland Baptist Church that plants white crosses in the ground for every person who is killed by gun violence in the past year. That church bears witness to God's peace, and they tell a story of nonviolence. There's a church in San Diego that hosts a Jazz Vespers worship service each week. They started the service because the church wanted to reach out to their neighbors in a new way. They wanted to bear witness to God's story with a different style than they knew, and they wanted the church to learn a story that's improvisational. And there's a church in Philadelphia called Beacon. 
that seeks to engage people in their faith through the arts, through storytelling and creative writing and and the fine arts, painting and drawing and, and, and clay. They bear witness to the power of God who creates and who recreates. And the story that they tell of God is one that is full of imagination. The community of God's beloved in the book of Acts, the church, the community is called to be witnesses to what God is doing in the present. And right now, God is still speaking. God is still active. God is still alive. And the church today, in the 21st century, has this same call as the very first church. We live and tell God's story in a variety of ways, as much variety as there are people. And so Jefferson Avenue Presbyterian Church, we continue to bear witness 164 years later. We embody God's story in ways that are unique to our community. But there are still many chapters to write. And there are many stories still to tell. And we still follow the call to be God's witnesses like this very first church. We continue to tell the story that God has called us to tell. We continue to bear witness to Christ who is alive Alive in the church, alive in the city, alive in each one of us by God's spirit. So this season of Easter, may you see, may you hear, may you feel the ways that God is alive. Because we trust that God is alive among us. May you share the story, may you live the story, may you embody the story that Christ is alive today and always. Thanks be to God. Amen.